Welcome to Well Played Podcast, the show on all things playful and joyous in education. I'm your host, Michael Matera, sixth grade teacher, author, and speaker. Really looking forward to today's chat on Well Played, which is part of the On Podcast Media Network. Today we have Jocelyn Curvin, and in this episode we are talking about gamification at the high school. This is big kids doing some big play. Uh, before we get started, Jocelyn, why don't you introduce yourself? Because this is your first time on Well Played. I can't believe it, but that is a true statement. It is. Uh, yeah, it, it's surprising. I've been uh, we've been in touch a long time, um, yeah. and I'm very excited to be here today. So my name is Jocelyn, and I work in uh, Ontario, just outside of Toronto, in a board called York Region District School Board, and I am. Currently a digital literacy consultant, but spent the bulk of my career as a music teacher. So that's a little bit about me. I love it. I love it. Uh, So let's start a little bit with your classroom as it was, Uh, because you've you've switched roles here. So I have like talk to us a little bit about the start of your sort of gamified classroom. The start of my gamified classroom. Um, <clears throat> all right. So the start of my gamified classroom probably was um, started with just very, very small steps, kind of uh, getting involved with um, changing around the way we were doing our playing tests in our classes. Because, you know, I, w- I taught instrumental music and the kids always had to um, play little performance pieces along the way. And, you know, they're not a big fan of those kinds of things. So I thought, well, how can we do this a little bit differently? And so I started building in some uh, levels of things and levels and achievements and all those kinds of things that were part of their their regular playing tests. So, you know, instead of just playing the concert B-flat major scale for me, um, that became, you know, the first quest or the first activity on, uh, on their um, level one achievement uh climb so it was not too bad it was a little rough starting out but uh that's kind of the way i got my my feet wet in gamification a little bit (laughs) the kids loved it initially that it didn't always last (laughs) i think that's like a good thing to remind everybody when you get started it's gonna probably be small and Mm -hmm. probably at first kids are going to enjoy the difference, right? They're going to be like, Absolutely. That, that's exciting. That's something different. It feels different than other classes. Yep. But then, especially depending on your age, that, that can sort of, that yeah. newness can wear off and yep. it just becomes school by a different name. That was exactly it. <laughs> Unless you are really intentional about bringing that game and those components to your class. So, and that was a big thing. That was only one game mechanic that I kind of I kind of launched with, right? And and as I did more reading and as I engaged with the XP Lab community a lot more and started to learn a little bit more about how I could layer some of those um, those other game mechanics in, then it started to change how I introduced uh, gamification to my students. And so the next year that I did it. Um, I built in a whole story theme and, uh, and did, you know, some onboarding with video introduction and all this kind of stuff. And, um, you know, had the, had the students, 
as characters more so. So added a lot more of that layer, those layers uh, and those fun game mechanics into my game the next year. And it uh, had a lot more longevity <laughs> in, uh, the, uh, in the in the game. Yeah, and I think that that, again, talks or speaks to kind of the power of a good theme, you know, like that yeah. that story element where we're all... I mean, we're all human and we, <laughs> we really do connect with the power of a story and yeah. and it can transport, you know, the oldest of us, right? I mean, like we still like to read a good book. We still like to watch a good movie no matter what yeah. our age is. And so yeah. at that high school level, that theme is an important sticking point that can really open up an experience and extend it, right? Absolutely. And, you know, I, I, I play uh, Nintendo Switch. So, you know, I'm all about games like Legend of Zelda and stuff. Um, and so are a lot of my students. And so finding out from them what made them continue to play games. Um, and the nice thing about the secondary kids, particularly, and, and I, middle school, I'm sure as well, um, my secondary kids were really anxious to say, well, what if we tried this? <laughs> <laughs> so <laughs> they were all about bringing the ideas to the table. So. I love it. Uh, you know, you know. Speaking of hearing from your students, kind of that excitement. I, I think, as educators, we obviously always try to listen to our students. But in a gamified class, I find myself even more attuned to what they're saying because I, I often tell my kids, while I have designed this game, yeah. I have never played this game. So it's like. You're, right. you're the players and you actually know more the frustration points, more the sticking points, more the little cheats that you wish you had. And those cheats can become, you know, the next item I make. Yeah. But like, I'm only guessing at your frustration points when I create something, you know, on the weekend. But when I hear them in the unit say like, oh man, I wish I could do this. Like, yeah. well, we could do that. I just have to, I just have to make that item. <laughs> well, and what I love about about using kind of gamification as that entry point is that kids will tell me absolutely how they want to change the game, how they'd like to see some improvements come into play, what kind of rewards they're willing to sort of work for, you know, in terms of items or, or achievements and those kinds of things. So they're really willing to talk about that kind of stuff, but they might not have been as willing to talk about how I could do course content differently. You know, so and yet what they don't realize is that they're actually that is actually what they're talking about in the end. <laughs> That's the funny thing that I absolutely love when you when you talk about the the laying out of a course, a gamified yeah. course, what kids are really operating as in that moment is sound teachers. I mean, they're yeah. really saying like, it would be great if we could do this first and then that would unlock that. And you're yeah. like, well, that's like. That's literally you building a unit. Like That's a right. Teacher. I'm like, did you, did you read the curriculum expectations and, and know that that was where we were headed next? <laughs> yeah, <great>. that's so <laughs> awesome. Now, so in your opinion, when you did that, when you sort of polished up the theme a little bit and, you know, introduced a few more mechanics, were a little more responsive to what some of the students were hoping for in the game. Yeah. How would you say, like, how did this play in the high school for you? Like... It's, you know, it, it played really well um, for me and to the point where there were other teachers who had started hearing from their kids that this was something we were doing in the class. Um, and um, other teachers started to kind of take interest as well and sort of look at, well, how could we do that 
as well? How could we do that too? Um, so we had the geography teacher, for example, um, decide to gamify his grade 11 travel and tourism course. Great nice. course for gamification. Yeah, that's um, real nice. Oh, we made them travel agents and they had, uh, they had little small agencies. Everybody had a passport. Um, the kids designed a lot of the challenges. They were aiming for like, was it three, three star uh, ratings and stuff like this <laughs> as an agency. Um, so we, we did a lot of gamification then with the geography teacher, uh, the art teacher wanted to jump in on board. I think even one of our, one of our math teachers was interested in looking further into it. And I think I changed roles before we got around to it, <laughs> but the interest was, was gaining, um, gaining some ground. That's awesome. So. And I think that that really speaks to, this is true for all age levels, but the sort of flexible nature of gamification. I, I, mm -hmm. we spoke before the podcast and I told you the story that when I go present and I give all my examples of the middle school and I give all my examples yeah. of being a history teacher, the quick response I get from teachers is like, well, that works for you because, and they yeah. either say you're a middle school teacher or because you're a history teacher and it works so well for the theme. But yeah. hearing you talk, we had a geography teacher, we had a music teacher, we yeah. had uh, we were about to have a math teacher, you know, the, yeah. the, the format is so flexible. It really doesn't matter what your yeah. age group is and what your subject matter is. Yeah. As long as you start, you know, once you start yourself to think about like, what is it I like about playing games? What are those mechanics and how can I bring those into my classroom? Um, once you start putting any of those layers in place, you've got some fun built in. Um, and, you know, again, engaging the kids in, in their own game design or, um, you know, their feedback and that sort of stuff. I mean, that's part of that, that great assessment feedback loop, right? Uh, as a music teacher, I'm all about the, you know, the creative process is what we kind of call it. And we talk about, you know, that rehearsal and practicing and refining and, you know, getting some feedback and uh, peer evaluations and all those kinds of things because, we're such a performance-based program in music. So, you know, we're, you know, one of the only programs that, uh, you know, our final exams are on stage concerts. <laughs> so, you know, we're looking for all of those little ways to kind of bring it all together before we put it out there. And that's, you know, it's kind of very much the same way you develop kind of these, these great games. There is something to be said about a performance-based class, right? That, yeah. Like, you know, this isn't a private little test that you take and <laughs> no. you kind of walk away knowing you got to see minus like, oh no, you got to stand on that stage and kind of yeah. the world knows that you're a yeah. C minus. You know, and, and, and you can't play O Canada at 97%, <laughs> yeah. you know, you, you got to get that at a hundred percent every time because yeah. that's our national anthem. And, and, uh, if we're performing it for Remembrance Day or we're performing it for an event, it's got to be spot on. Um, so we need a few runs at it. <laughs> That's right. So you were, you know, you're telling a story about how other teachers started to express interest, take interest. You helped a few others mm -hmm. do this. Now this sort of leads me into your current role in yeah. which you are sort of helping other educators, not just gamify, but, you know, mm -hmm. embrace new pedagogy in general. Yeah. Uh, how in this role have you helped sort of share out some of the, the inner workings of gamification? 
So my role now as a digital literacy consultant is kind of awesome and exciting in that we, uh, you know, over the few years that I've been in this role, we provide workshops or we have uh, various pilot projects on the go from time to time that we might have small groups of teachers involved in. And um, so that's been a really great way for me to be able to reach um, teachers. So whether it's a lunchtime, what we call kind of a lunch and learn so maybe a short, quick session about gamification. Um, we might do a one-hour workshop or one-and-a-half-hour workshop after school sometime about engagement strategies. And, you know, among other kind of ideas, I'll tuck gamification in there. And inevitably, there's always a few teachers that sort of latch onto that that phrase and that idea, even if it's in a bigger context of a number of engagement strategies and then I'll get messages from teachers who will say, I'd like to learn more about this. And then I'll spend some one-on-one time with them or with a small group of teachers at their school who are like, yeah, you know, our whole French department wants to, to do this. And that's I, we, we gamified all the grade nine geography um, program at one school recently, for example. Nice. Because um, all the teachers wanted to jump on board. So we had all of them kind of pitching in and designing the game. For, Again, speaking to the yeah. flexible nature, right? Because you, you can do it as a solo sort of teacher, you know, in your own classroom, yeah. or you can connect it with several teachers in the same department, or right. even go cross-curricular and all of a sudden have what they do in math class matter and what they do in biology class. Yeah, yeah. So building in some of those themes. Um, so we have some of our schools that are kind of arts high schools, and sometimes they pick a theme where each of the arts uh, – strands kind of focuses on that for uh for the semester or so on and so gamification just blends in beautifully with some of those uh those you know alternative kind of structures as well so it's fascinating i love it and the response so far from these teachers as like you said it's kind of rolled out to them right like you do kind of a big group sort of pd and then from there some of the people might splinter off and, and say like, I really want to know a little more about those. Yeah. Speaking of which, like the splinters that are choosing this sort of gamified experience, uh, what are some of their sort of early questions that they ask you as a high school teacher? Some of the early questions tend to be, well, how much time is this going to take? Yes. Or how, how big does I, do I have to make this? Like, I, you know, cause they see, you know, they might be Twitter users who are following the XP Lab community. And there are so many great inspirational gamified teachers in this community and stuff who maybe have been doing it for a long time and so have really well-established, well-developed kind of games. So however, that can be intimidating. <laughs> I was going to say, however, it would be nice if at the bottom of their tweet they had to put a little disclaimer like, right? this is my fifth year. <laughs> Don't worry, I crashed and burned too. <laughs> yes, like exactly. Yeah. So, and, and that's one of the things that I say, you know, in my, you know, when I talk about gamification is the fact that, you know, my, my early stage of, you know, turning my playing tests into levels and, and those are achievements that was an early round and I wouldn't necessarily do it that way again. Um, but I would know, you know, I, I know one, how I want to do it differently and, and how I could help teachers <laughs> in my board do it, you know, in small steps, or maybe they're just gamifying a unit to start, or even just 
you yeah. know, a series of lessons over a course of one week or something. They're just going to try something small or, you know, our geography team that, that decided to do the whole, like they decided to do grade nine. They didn't want to do the whole course. They decided to just do the last unit because they knew it was a subject strand that the kids tended not to be terribly engaged in. <laughs> they Sometimes knew that that's that the was, best, right? Like choosing like, okay. the thing that you aren't motivated by or that the kids aren't motivated by. Yeah. Start there. Don't start with, I already have a great unit. That's right. No. Let's gamify that. Like, no, that's already working. That'll be yeah. like the last thing that you sort of add gamification Absolutely. to. Absolutely. It's like, what do we need to give something a boost? Sure. So, yeah. So they grabbed, you know, that, that concept that they knew was going to be tough for the kids to swallow anyways. And they thought, let's do it differently. So. I like it. So there, there are two big questions were time and size. Yep. And striking at that first one, the time, that one yep. I get a lot, right? Yeah. Because I think as teachers, rightfully so, we have to sort of protect the time we have with our students. Yep. We, we don't arguably have that much time to to make the impact that we want to make. Yep. I think my advice that I would give people are a couple a couple here. One, I want to start with just this idea that I, I think to be a little healthier as teachers, we have to realize we are part of a system. Like our impact is the collective impact. Like mm -hmm. it's not so much how can I leave this everlasting mark on the student and change their trajectory. It's really like added together, like our tribe. Maybe that be the whole sixth grade for me. Maybe that's the entire middle school for me. Maybe that's my entire district for me. Like, yeah. but it's the compound interest of all of those experiences that I think are going to result in the, in that change. And when you start to look at it that way, this minute for minute view of our classroom can somewhat fade away mm -hmm. because again, it's not on your shoulders to teach them everything about that. Right. Like yeah. you are, you are merely one part of their educational, like kaleidoscope. Right. And yeah. it will be beautiful when it's all done. Yeah. You are just one, one part, one piece. <laughs> To be more specific, though, because I, while I can say that nice, beautiful thing, <laughs> there's still the pressure we put on ourselves that like, no, 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 no. But like, I have to get this stuff done. Yeah. Um, and, and I do want to caution us. I still think that that is human nature, but not necessarily accurate. Uh, but if that is going to be your perspective, the, the thing about time is I think we sometimes see it as a zero sum game. If I add this, I'm losing something else. Mm -hmm. And in my experience, that just hasn't been true with gamification. It really, to be honest, almost no matter how much I dial it up. I mean, I have in some spots in my class dialed it up to whole class periods, doing something <laughs> that is not really necessarily like on point curricular, but then like their homework's better or the, yeah. you know, the next day's discussion's that much better. Like you, in the end, when I look back on the unit, it's like, no, 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 I hit all the same targets, but this time I gave up an entire day on yeah. top of these little moments of handing out badges and stuff like, holy cow, like, huh. And then all of a sudden you try another wacky thing where you almost give up two whole days, one here and one there, plus the giving out. And you're like, no way am I still going to, oh wait, I still, I still did hit everything. Like, yep. holy cow. So I, yep. I guess I want to challenge everyone to realize like, it's not a zero sum game. Like when mm -mm. someone is bringing their themselves to an experience because they're excited to be there, it changes everything. 
And all of a sudden, <laughs> the timelines and schedules you laid out are actually all inaccurate because like that was you in an unengaged class where like kids were sort of slowly moping through the activities. <laughs> you feel like, well, I need all this time. Like the reality is no, if they're engaged, they might need half that time. So all of a sudden, if you give a day to this or a day to that, you still hit all the things and there's more smiles with everybody, the students and you, because you're like, holy cow, like the kids are getting it and the kids are excited and the kids are talking about it. And then the kids are like, oh my, I can't wait to show up to Mr. or Mrs. So-and-so's class because we don't know what's going to happen today. It could be one of those <laughs> wacky, zany, like off the wall days. Could be a serious, straightforward day, but yep. no matter what, they're there. They're plugged in. They are. They absolutely are. I love that. Um, you know, and as a, again, as a music teacher, um, I think some of the best experiences that my students and I had were those, um, sometimes off the cuff kind of things. It was like, oh, there was a cool concert last night. Did anybody hear about it? How can we build some of those elements into our next performance thing? And then it's real and it's authentic and, um, and the kids just roll with it. Um, I think one of the most engaging things we used, ever used to do were Valentine's serenades. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> so, you know, February comes around and as soon as February arrives, my music classes were planning Valentine's serenades and they were, it was a little, it was always a little charity event and people could pay $2 to have my music students show up and serenade them in class. <laughs> and the money went to, you know, I usually a heart and stroke um, charity in, in February and stuff. Um, and it was fun. And you, like I had, my kids just dug in and learned all kinds of music and played their instruments and practiced and, you know, got in little groups and, and did all their performance elements and stuff because of that engagement level and that authenticity. And then, you know, we would also go and visit. There's a senior center, uh, seniors residence just down the street. And we always went to play for them on Valentine's. And I said to them, but we're not, we can't play music from the radio, like the current stuff. Uh, these are senior citizens. That's not of interest to them. So let's do some research. <laughs> so, nice. you know, how old would those people have been, you know, like how, in what era were they 14 year olds, 15 year olds, 16 year olds? So then my kids had to do research, but they didn't realize they were doing research. They realized they, they thought it was all part of, you know, their performance plan and stuff. So they would learn all these amazing Valentine love songs and, and pop songs and stuff from a different era by choice. <laughs> I didn't have to say, okay, guys, <clears throat> today we're doing music history and it's going to focus on these decades. <laughs> yep. This didn't come from me. Came this sort me. of brings you, brings us back to that second question that they often ask is mm -hmm. what's the size of the game mm -hmm. and the reality is that sometimes a game can be the thinnest of applied theme here so here you guys were that you literally were performing i mean like it's not even a theme it's, it's yeah. a reality you're in a music class but we're going to use that experience to sort of think about the audience and right mm -hmm. like all of a sudden they're doing this and so the size can be really small yeah. and if you want you can layer it up and as we talked about in the twitter xp lap sort of community yeah you can layer that it can be like a thick onion with all sorts of layers and oh and that can be a great experience but that's not the only way like yeah. even just having that little thin veneer of 
uh, a theme applied to it can all of a sudden send people into an experience like researching which decade these people are from and what was the current like best yeah. song that these guys might connect to so that when you come in and play they're like oh my gosh they're playing like my favorite or i remember the summer when i learned to drive this was yeah. on the radio and i loved it all of that just because of a thin veneer of like what we're doing yeah. so size really in this case is up to you and it's something like don't yeah. be intimidated by this super layered onion just mm -hmm. realize that it's one coat of paint after the next and eventually yeah. you'll have if you want to that thin that thick experience yeah i mean if you start with even just that that layer of who who are your your players are they explorers could be as simple as that you know are they explorers are they um, you know, astronauts, are they travel agents? Um, you, you know, are like they conduct I mean, music conductors? <laughs> theme. And, you know. and again, it can connect to your content or not. And that's or not. okay. Uh, yep. so, okay. I have to ask, you know, we, we talked a little bit about your classroom as it was. We talked a little bit about your current role here of helping other teachers sort of see around the corner with professional development. Yep. Now I have to say like, if we were to get you back in the classroom, What's yep. one or two things you might do a little differently this time around? Oh, um, I, I would do absolutely um, a little bit more of that front end loading kind of thing for me. And that was that was one of the big things I learned um, as I was learning more about gamification was understanding for me um, which game elements I wanted to have in place and understanding that I didn't have to have them all perfect just to launch and to go. But at least know which kind of which of those mechanics I'm gonna um, I'm gonna focus on, and I'm gonna bring to the table, and I'm gonna put them in play right off the bat, and which ones then can be kind of the sustainable through line, um, because inevitably, as teachers, you know, we we may start with something and it kind of rolls out and it's kind of cool, and then it's the sustainability factor, right? So, um, so that would be something that I'm going to do a little bit differently, I think, is look for those pieces that I know I can continue on and make it a long lasting kind of game, um, that there isn't just, you know, okay, they do X, Y, and Z. And that was the end of it. <laughs> I, I do want it to be something that they really want to engage in and they really want to play, uh, for a long period of time. So I would definitely start to look at how to do that differently and, you know, coming back to the kids all the time uh, and saying, hey, we've tried these three things. What's two more we could try out? Um, what other all, layers could we add in? Yeah, all good advice, I think, for people to take. So definitely try to learn from Jocelyn, like thinking through what her game was to what her game could be yeah. is a good question for all of us to ask uh, ourselves. Even myself, I, every year I have to kind of go through a little bit of pruning so that that onion's not too thick. Mm -hmm. uh, and then I'm always driven to sort of what do these students need? So every year my yep. game augments a little bit because I want to add that little thing that excites them or something's in the news or I learn a new thing and I'm like, oh, let's add this to the game. Yep. Uh, all of that's valuable. Well, Jocelyn, it is time for reflection time. All right. And I'm, I'm pretty pumped I had two different quotes that I kind of wanted to sort of process. Okay. Uh, 
because they're both too good. I couldn't I couldn't decide between the two. <laughs> so you're 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 out of like our hundred and ninety some episodes. You're the only one that has two quotes. Oof. Okay. No pressure. Can we handle it? <laughs> All right, everybody. For those of you still with us, our first one is by or or Orin Woodward, and it is you must be willing to give up what you are to become what you want to be. Ooh. How does that strike you given the context of our conversation? I love I love that. I absolutely love that. Um, as a teacher, I think that that's, that's something that um, I've had to very much work on over the years. And as I, you know, get further into my career, kind of giving up more control. I think, and, and sure. allowing those students to be part of it, right? And inviting them in so that it can all be this great um, experience together um, that you can bring to your kids and you bring to your classroom and recognizing that you don't have to be perfect. Um, you know, I love the phrase, done is better than perfect. Um, I think it plays into gamification really well. And sometimes just taking that first step and letting go of where you think it might go and letting it just head in the direction it should um, or it will. I like it. Uh, you get to me, a new place. Yeah. For <laughs> me, this quote reminds me both things that we should sort of emphasize for our students as well as for ourselves that truly like you are becoming something new and ultimately that's an evolution you're, you're, you know, you're making, which will require you to let go of who you are and yeah. this leads us to our second quote all right which i love <laughs> is by socrates the secret of change is to focus all of your energy not on fighting the old but on building the new ah so i like this like speak, speaking of like your current role and getting people yep. to try new things mm -hmm. sometimes we sit there and we're, we're in a professional development or we're reading a book and our mind floods with reasons not to do it like well i don't yes. have time or this is that's good for middle school but not high school right right instead if we use that mental energy all of that mental energy not on fighting that but on building the new i'd venture to say that many more of us would be in a better situation. We would be in a better place because we're using that time and talent and resources to build the new thing. And again, these are, I'm a firm believer in the iterative process. So the, mm -hmm. the, these new things, it's not that you're entirely throwing out the old. They could be improvements. They could be iterations of the old, but yeah. you have to sort of be willing to sort of step into that new place. Absolutely. Um, yeah, I, I love that, that, you know, instead of looking for barriers or listing the barriers that we're instead looking for the stepping stones, we're looking for bridges. Um, I know that we are in our in Ontario here, we've been doing a lot of learning around indigenous ways of knowing. And um, that that look at the overall picture and that ability of looking ahead and learning, learning from the past, but not necessarily letting it um, impede the process is such a big part of moving forward. Um, 
So Jocelyn, thank it. you so much for joining them with joining us today on Well Played. Thanks for having me. Uh, it was a pleasure having you. Uh, as always, everyone else, just a huge, huge thanks for being part of the well-played community. Hopefully you've checked out the XP Lab community as well. That's Tuesdays at 9 Central Standard Time. And you can catch this episode as well as all sorts of other PD on my YouTube channel. So definitely check that out. And if you want, you can go to MrMatera.com to check out other ways you can kind of connect with me. And I, as always, I hope you guys have a great week and that you play on.